Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is indeed One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you one and all for downloading the podcast for making this show a part of your ritual, weekly ritual, as it were. Uh, appreciate you one and all. Thank you. Spread the word if you can. Let's get this thing circulated throughout. We've got a lot of fascinating guests and episodes planned for you the rest of this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So thank you again. This is an uncensored podcast, so if you are indeed around the kitties or around public places or things, I'm going to get a little dirty of the mouth. So put in those earbuds. Put on uh, whatever the noise canceling headphones or just get by yourself so that you don't subject anybody to my randomness. But this is episode 114. By the way, my name is Jeff Manns. In case you are just stumbling upon this podcast, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, you find my, me every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I am hosting the Elite Sports Program every day there also serious xm fantasy football pregame on sunday mornings with bob harris uh you find me at fantasyguru.com all my work is over there do baseball stuff daily fantasy baseball seasonal fantasy baseball betting on baseball we do that the 2022 fantasy football draft guide is out it's there it's live at fantasyguru.com content gets added every single day we expand what we're doing over there, and it includes the full season package all the way through next year's Super Bowl 2023. Uh, that is in, through the February 2023, and we've got coaching breakdowns and offensive line breakdowns, and there's over a thousand player rankings and projections, PPR, half point PPR, non PPR, auction drafts and values, and everything from mock draft tools and league imports so that you could sync up your leagues to uh, our projections and rating systems as well. And we've got everything you need in the world is there at fantasyguru.com. So come give us a holler, say hello in our discord there as well. You could also find me at Siri at Jeff underscore mans on the old Twitter machine. The Jeff Man's all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Brand new TikTok show coming in two weeks. Two weeks from now, we will be rolling out a brand new, uh, almost daily, four days a week, little, uh, you know, quick one to two minute uh, little episodes on TikTok for those who follow me at The Jeff Man's on TikTok. So we got that. A lot of things going on today. We are, I'm riding solo, no guests today. So you're going to hear my nasally drone the entire time. I apologize for that in advance, but we've got a lot of digging to do. I felt like it was the right time, sort of a lull, right? NFL draft being over. Some folks are not ready for their redraft leagues or preparation for that. We understand, but for us dynasty nerds, this is the mainstream. This is the hot time. So I'm going to dive into uh, my deep, deep dynasty dives. And what the objective here today is going to be is we know you're going, you want Brees Hall and Drake London and Kenneth Walker. We know that all those, the first and second rounders, that's not going to be of interest to us today. Today, we're going to go deeper. And I'm going to talk about some of the rookies that landed in good spots 
that deserve to be on our radar in the dynasty league, especially in deep dynasty leagues. And I'm also going to talk about other players to add and or trade for possibly on the very, 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 very cheap end of that as well. Okay. Uh, I don't think anybody is really an obvious, anybody on my list. I've got a list like 30 players here, by the way, just that, and they're all different. And I'll give you my gauge of how strong I would invest and what my thoughts are of each player. uh, If I can get to a ball, that is, um, but I'll get to all the important ones, my, my most important ones, but players you should be aware of and that may be on the come in the approaching, you know, through training camp, their rookie season, their second year. But I, I think that some of the second year players are ready to make a big impact. Players that were forgotten, maybe you drafted them fourth, fifth, sixth round of your dynasty leagues last year, and you had to cut them during the season or they're on your taxi squad or whatever. This you know, it's one thing to make an impact in dynasty fantasy football in the draft and have a really impactful draft. And, you know, maybe you land a, you know, some players. I like it at the top, uh, you know, a uh, David bell from Cleveland, for instance. And, you know, I like what bell landed in a great spot, good possession receiver. They're in need of a possession receiver. So it's sort of a good match, Right. So those ones we kind of know or, you, or you're aware of at the very least, um, you know, good value there. Maybe you have, you know, you can make an impact with those types, but then there's the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round rookies where I see a lot of folks in my dynasty leagues, at least. And I'm in with a lot of fellow analysts and fantasy football experts in which they're just throwing picks away just on pure garbage, just pure guys with no chance. There's a lot of them. I mean, majority of rookies, let's be honest, don't really have a chance, but some maybe you thought didn't have a chance going into the draft. However, they landed in the right spot. And that's what we're going to dive into here today as well. So we got that going on uh, as well. If you have ideas and things you want me to talk about future episodes, hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on the old Twitter machine. Always taking questions in our Discord over at fantasyguru.com. By the way, I did want to say this podcast is sponsored by underdogfantasy.com. Get in there right now. Use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E. That way you double your deposit bonus. I strongly recommend putting in at least, well, put in what you can. I, I didn't want to tell you, but if you pay up to $100, they double it. So you get $200 for 100 and then you could, that will last you all best ball season long for sure. And there's a $2 million top prize for their best ball mania three. All right. So that's a huge prize. There's a $1 million second prize, half a million dollars for third. So some big ass money to be won on underdogfantasy.com. And not only do you get the deposit bonus, you also get to see one myself. Tyler Beaker, Armando Marsal, and Russell Clay. You see when all these guys, all of our staff, the Siege and Ted Schuster and Ray Flowers, when we're drafting at Underdog Fantasy, you can get into leagues with us, against us, obviously, and see what we're doing. You also sort of troll us if you want, see who we're really drafting. Am I going to give you a bunch of players today and then not go out and draft them? Am I a big fucking liar? Well, well you, you got to go see. Promo code Elite underdogfantasy.com so uh there you go really ramping up my best ball play as soon i have two more dynasty drafts that are sort of in the midst right now so right after that 
I'm going to be hitting best ball even harder than I have already. So uh, get in there. Also, big announcement and fantasyguru.com. That's the 2022 fantasy football training camp. It is a two-day event, August. It's really one full day, August 19th, and we'll have stuff into August 20th. It's a Friday and Saturday in the middle of August in which will be a full day of fantasy football uh, uh, forums, discussions, roundtables, Q&A, presentations, want to get into IDP, league commissioners, you want to talk dynasty, best ball, redraft, how to prepare for the draft, player analysis, X's and O's, coaches, systems. We've got betting, daily fantasy football. We've got it all for you at our fantasy football training camp event. It's exclusively on fantasyguru.com. And they, we have an early bird package right now for that event. $59.99 is the cost. However, and this is strongly recommended by me, at least, is if you are a member of fantasyguru.com, the all-in package over there, um, if you get everything that we do for this coming football season, it's $99.99. little pricier than it has been in the past, but we're putting on this major event, which is $60 already. We also had to start charging for the off-season content because we do so much. Um and we used to be able to save on server space and a lot of our costs used to go down in the NFL offseason, And that's not the case, or it wasn't this past year, as you guys know, costs are going up. So that's why it's a way. If you don't want to go to the event, you don't want to do the off season. You just want the draft guide. All that stays the same, but our elite plus podcast and live stream network, our off season mode, our elite data, which is for my money, the best way to sort and parse data for fantasy football, it, that's a $30 value. It's all included in this all-in package, as well as everybody who gets the all-in package gets a ticket to fantasy football training camp. And it's not just that event. You also get invited to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship with league prizes and overall prizes as well. So it'll be fun. You'll compete against our whole team. Uh, you'll get to compete against other elite mafia members and see who can take down the whole damn thing. And again, no cost to you whatsoever, other than the all in package, or if you just wanted to join the event at fantasy football training camp, uh, 2022, again, it's all right there for you. So, um, and it's the, the discounts are already included. The draft guide is 49 99. So it's 50 bucks. There franchise mode is 30 bucks. Elite plus is 20 bucks. Uh, data is 30 bucks. So, you know, I mean, we're talking 110, $130 there plus $60 for NFL for training camp on the early bird. It's actually really 99.99. The full price of the all in package is what training camp really costs. So, I mean, all of a sudden you're talking about $190 value for a hundred bucks. So, or under a hundred bucks technically. So that's, uh, you're, you know, that's up to you guys. Love to see you there. It's going to be a great time and spend the whole season with the Elite Mafia and FantasyGuru.com because we're going we're gonna to hit this one out of the park. I do promise you that. So we got that going on here today as well. Uh, what else going on in and around the, the world of fantasy football and fantasy sports? There's not much. It is that, that sort of down season. There's some concern about Deshaun Watson and what exactly – his status for the 2022 season is going to be. We know that Cleveland guaranteed him all that money. We know a suspension is coming from the commissioner's office, but since hell, since the last 
podcast. There's been two new accusations against him. More, more fucking massage therapy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Really? Like, I, I just can't get over it. It's really astounding to me. And by the way, it also really pisses me off that nothing is done sooner. Like, either shit or get off the pot. Because this dude deserves to play football, deserves to go on with his career, deserves to be able to work, or he should be in prison. There's really no, everything in the middle is bullshit. It's either one of those two sides, right? So, you know, whatever it is, it's either right that he needs to get out of his life. These accusations are not criminal worthy and maybe compensatory damages or whatever, and that he'll have to pay fine, but let him get on with it or put him in prison. Right. Cause some of the things you will see and you hear about is like, well, this dude should never play again. So again, that's not up to me to decide. I just know it should be one way or the other. I still have him as QB 12 in my rankings at fantasyguru.com. I am te- very tempted to move him down outside of the QB one range I hope and I trust that those of you who do draft him to be your QB one will have, you have to draft another quarterback. That's one of the biggest problems with him. And I hate drafting two QBs, but you have to, but that's the spot where, okay, you can go and grab a, you know, a cheap Kirk cousins, Matt Ryan, or some upside player like Marcus Mariota, for instance, or Daniel Jones, like as a second guy, if Watson's your, your one, I'm okay with that. You know, even players like Brady and Rogers fall out of the top 12 at QB this year. So if you were to pair Watson up with Brady or Rogers, hell, you're, you're set. You're totally set. Even Murray or Carr, Lamar, Dak, Russell Wilson, any of those pairings work. I have my two quarterback chart and uh super flex chart as well up at fantasyguru.com. It's a ranking. It also tells you the tiers of the quarterback. It also shows you who to pair them with. It gives you an ADP in two quarterback leagues. One of the most helpful things you'll see if you're in a super flex draft format, it's all right there. One nice color coded chart, beautiful thing. Um, we invented that, you know, what, three, four years ago. And it's been a huge asset to our two QB and super flex subscribers over the last few years. So that's, that's basically the big news going on training camps and OTAs are running. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives, of course. And you're, you're seeing all that. I don't play into much of this. I do want to see who's running ahead of whom there is a hierarchy. It's not always according to the depth charts that you see across the NFL and fantasy football landscape. So, you know, it's important to pay attention to that, but it's not the be all end all of what's happening right now. Training camp will start that trek, if you will. Let's get into it. My uh, deep dive of fantasy football dynasty sleepers for this year. We'll start at quarterback. Why not? And I, I feel like this year they're all deep dives, aren't they? There's nobody going in the first two rounds. I haven't seen a quarterback. Other, all right, Kenny Pickett's going because folks expect him to start, which I'm not sure about at all. I don't really think that's true. I don't, I think Mitch Trubisky's starting in week one. I know the first round draft capital for the Steelers would have you think otherwise, but they paid Trubisky some decent money as well. Uh, either way, 
Pickett will probably start the majority of the year. So I understand why he's number one. So you kind of get your pick. If you're in the, if you're in a dynasty league and I've got a league like this, I've got well, actually like two leagues like this. Um, one of my leagues that I'm, I feel I need a court. I have Jalen hurts as my one. So I'm, I'm good. And I have him as a top five QB this year. So that's fine. But I don't have a second guy. My second guy was, um, well, I, I have I actually do. I have Zach Wilson and I have Baker Mayfield. So it's not, and this is a big, this is a 16 team league. So that I'm lucky to have any kind of backup quarterback, but I, again, I'm not in on Zach. I'm not, it's okay, but it's not where I want to be. And I think there's some players that are there on my radar. And I think the first one for me is actually Desmond Ritter, you know, on Sirius XM this past week, uh, I did a, a thing and they, they took the sound bite of it. Uh, that I'm into Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. I'm kind of digging what Atlanta's doing. It's not sexy. It's kind of weird. It's Atlanta, Chicago, these teams that I have just destroyed this offseason. After I've gone into a D, um, you know, all the way through and, and wrote my coaching breakdowns and system breakdowns over at fantasyguru.com. I, I see what they're headed towards and what they're trying to accomplish. And there's something here, and we can't announce that Arthur Smith has done more with less than maybe in any offensive mind in the last five years, really, when you talk, count Tennessee. And then the fact that he got anything out of that team in Atlanta with those ride receivers last year that were dog shit. So, yeah, I understand what they're doing. Ritter is a very good compliment to Mariota. All right. I think Mariota, remember, this is what I talked about originally is that Mariota was Arthur Smith was offense coordinator at Tennessee when Mariota was took his job away. There's context to that. Mariota actually was playing well. The team was losing and he did get pulled out and Tannehill looked good in the second half. But Mariota was suffering from an ankle injury that that week as well. And that injury it was 50 50 all week of who was going to start between Mariota and Tannehill. They went with Tannehill and Tannehill exploded and he just never gave the job back to Mariota. Mariota wants to went to Vegas the next two years, but it's curious why they would bring Marcus Mariota back. And they, uh, there's some good things there with, uh, he knows the system that they're running. The Atlanta Falcons defense is, is shit. You're going to see a lot of passing. We know the skill set with, Mariota running the football as well, but Desmond Ritter comes in. And the thing about Ritter is most likely he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Falcons in next year. Maybe Mariota explodes and whatnot. If, if that happens, this offense could be much better than we thought. And we're going to see all the efficiency. We saw with Tannehill. I mean, if you could resurrect Ryan flip and Tannehill, Mariota and Ritter are superstars compared to him to be quite honest with you much more athletic, better passers, both of them. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a low-risk, high-reward. The highest reward if Mariota does well enough, but he has to move on, he gets a big contract somewhere else, or just they give the job to Ritter, you've got Kyle Pitts and Drake London. you got two beasts in this offense, You know, two real huge pass-catching threats for Desmond Ritter, and then they would add to that 
in next offseason as well. So that's a good setup. Matt Coral, if you're looking for a guy to start at some point this year in Carolina, there's a lot to like in Carolina's offense as far as the skill is concerned. Now, I will say I despise Ben McAdoo as a play designer and a play caller. I really don't like him. I don't like the hire. I do think the coaching staff will be fired, but Matt Coral was brought in and good chance the next coaching staff will look at him as the guy, at least in year one, which would be his year two. And he'll get some playing time this year with a triumvirate of receivers that are damn good in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, and of course, McCaffrey. And then there's Sam Howell in Washington who is sitting behind Carson Wentz, but I, Sam Howell, well, it's, it's one of those players that is all world, all world Carolina forever. And next thing you know, it just doesn't really translate into NFL, the NFL draft time, right? He's a gunslinger. He's got golden arm. He does not turn the ball over. He's athletic enough that he could you know, move the pocket. And, you know, not necessarily a running quarterback doesn't present the uh, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter skill set there, but it was stunning that he fell to the fifth round. And I think that Washington got a pretty good one and his swagger, if you will, really fits in with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson in this passing game really fits in like this is, it's a good mix for him. So Sam Howell, another guy at the quarterback position that I'm definitely interested in, very intrigued by. So uh, Ritter, I would put Ritter first, Howell second, Coral third. Malik Willis, he's not really a dare, you know, everybody oversold him before. I'm okay with it, but I, I'm, you know, I don't think it's that deep of a dive and I just don't. Not that interested in Tennessee, to be quite honest. I just am not. So I, I kind of would rather just sit back and get a Sam Howell for the future than I would Malik Willis. That's just my thought. Running backs, a lot of running backs. Now, this is where we, this is, you have to be careful. There are a lot of guys that are in play right now. Um, a couple that we need to mention are... Pierre Strong from the Patriots and Jerome Ford of the Browns. Okay. Two very good running backs. Both slipped much further. I had a a real high grade on Pierre Strong there. Jerome Ford just fits the Kareem Hunt role in Cleveland. Now, you may have met her. If you listen to the SiriusXM show at all, I talked about Kareem Hunt has a real problem. That's his right leg. His right leg has had six injuries over the last two years including three of them being a groin injury that, and it's not, that's something in, I haven't done extensive research on it, but I look back and try to look at injuries to running backs over the last four or five years. No, but there's not been a running back that has had that many injuries to a leg and specifically one part of the leg and being his right groin, including a partial tear off the bone. That's come back to do anything. I think Kareem Hunt may be a very, very big risk this year. So I know they brought the Ernest Johnson back, but the draft capital in Ford 
they drafted four to take Hunt's spot next year. So at the very least, you're going to get that. And it could happen as soon as sometime this year, which, by the way, also boosts Nick Chubb up a little bit. So, and then Pierre Strong, Damian Harris. This is something Dynasty Leaguers we need to look at. Expiring contracts. Damian Harris, a free agent after this year. Okay. That's, he's, he's done, right? Third round pick from 2019. So Stevenson moves up into the 1A role and with Pierre Strong moving into that, what will be Ramondre Stevenson role. Don't also remember that James White is past 30, coming off a major injury, and he's likely to be gone, which leaves a pass catching role in New England as well. So you've got Strong that will mix in this year that, and Harris has been hurt. We know that. By 2023, he could be the leader of this backfield. We don't love to invest in Patriot running backs, but the path is getting what's crowded now will be a lot less crowded a year from now for Pierre Strong. So that's somebody to look at. If you want to get a little bit deeper and everybody wants the, uh, the deeper pulls and I don't blame any single one of you for wanting that, but I've got a guy that is going to be, a handcuff and he should be a more popular handcuff this year because he is behind a very risky running back one. And his name is Hassan Haskins, right? This kid from Michigan is a big, strong motherfucker. And he's built like Derrick Henry. He's, I mean, he's fucking just like Derrick Henry, right? He just is a absolute load to bring down six two. 235 pounds monster, right? The 27 reps of bench press at the combine runs a four five. So big guy um, doesn't have the breakaway top end speed necessarily or anything like that. But Haskins is there's nobody behind um, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a plate in his foot and four screws. All right, there's nobody behind him. Dontrell Hilliard, I mean, good freaking grief. Jordan Wilkins, Trenton Canton, there's nothing. Haskins, the fourth rounder out of Michigan, is going to be the guy, and he is the exact body type of Derrick Henry. They envision him as the new Henry. Henry was only a second-round pick in 2016, and he's starting to age up, and all that wear and tear and a plate in his foot with a Jones fracture you got to be worried about it. Now, Tennessee's offensive line took a major hit, losing their uh, Quisenberry. They lost uh, Roger Saffold this offseason. So there's there's issues with Derrick Henry and the running game of Tennessee that there hasn't been the last couple of years. But Haskins is a name you have to know. And I've seen him in six-round 12-team leagues where he's not even drafted. So um, I like that one. A great deal if you want to get even deeper on this little plunge with me. A guy you need to know is uh, a player by the name of Bam Knight. Uh, Zonovan is technically, I think, yeah, Zonovan is his first name. But uh, Zonovan Knight is another just absolute wrecking ball. He signs a free agent. I don't think he got drafted with the New York Jets. But, you know, a player that head down, bone crusher, break tackle type of athlete and a player that I think everybody needs to at least be aware of because we're all in Brees Hall. This happens sometimes, right? 
where you're all in on a player and for rightfully so that we're in on him. However, one injury and the whole thing is just, you know, it, it, it gets thrown up and then the jets have made the proclamation already. They're not, Michael Carter's not going to be a full service guy for them, a three down player. So who's be who's left Bam Knight is left from NC state. Um, this is a guy who was so highly recruited. One of the top recruits going into school settled for NC state turned out to be a massive mistake for him, suffered the shoulder injury, um, one of his years in college and sort of got mm, somewhat passed up if you will. But, um, you know, he is a player to know behind an offensive line. That's also growing. Okay. So Bam Knight, another guy, Snoop Connor. Everyone loves him because his name is Snoop. Whether you, you love the Peanuts cartoons or Snoop Doggy Dog, either way, I feel like I'm not. I don't want to shit all over Snoop Connor, but I think he's getting way more. He's drafted in every draft I've seen. Every draft, people are into him, but he's kind of slow. He's a strong guy, but kind of a more of a fullback type that than anything else. Right. So I, I really like Snoop in, um, you know, Jacksonville. He's behind ETN. The problem is James Robinson is coming back there. They're not, they're going to use, utilize multiple backs. As Doug Peterson, Philly fans know full on how that goes. But you got Rykel Armstead still there. You got Makai Sargent, who's been kicking around. So it's the, a lot of same body types there but I, I like snoop connor just feel like I, I really do believe his name almost is why he's being overdrafted past guys who have a more direct path to playing time like well pierre strong bam knight or hassan haskins other players isaiah pacheco isaiah pacheco one of those great names to know so when doing my running back rankings and projections and the write-ups go check out the write-ups fantasyguru.com by the way draft guy one of the other features i think it's some of the best work we've ever done is our player outlooks we did a write-up for every player most i mean we did like 60 receivers 60 running backs 50 tight ends or 40 tight ends 40 quarterbacks so but we we didn't this is that wasn't about ranking we did tier them up according to our preseason thoughts on them but most importantly, we gave you why we like or why we're higher on or why we're lower on. And we give you the, the statistical or film-wise proof of it. And the thing that stands out about Kansas City running backs is simple. They can't break a fucking tackle. These are Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire legitimately might be the weakest pair of running backs we've ever seen in a backfield together. Like, it, it is brutal. Their yards after contact. It is brutal. These players' uh, amount of attempts per broken tackle. You know, it, it's just bad. Like Edward Solaire was 37th and Ronald Jones was 42nd in attempts per broken tackle. It's terrible. It's really bad. Um, but you get a guy like Pacheco uh, in there, Isaiah Pacheco, who, listen, you know, Andy Reid will do what it takes to win. And 
you know, Pacheco's likely not going to get time right off the bat, especially after the signing of Ronald Jones. But here's a guy that actually has three down ability and he can not fall down the, at every single time. There's an arm tackle could run through arm tackles. The guy ran a four, three, seven, 40 yard dash, right? Big energy can catch the football. So in that offense, we know what a running back can do. Fuck guys. Kareem hunt, Damian Williams, Hilaire for a brief time. Remember that one week he had the first week he, of his career, but then Daryl Williams last year, look at the production. I mean, Daryl Williams ran into production by fucking accident. Like he just like, vomited and he just came up and was like, Wah. Oh, so gross, but here, here we are now. And, uh, you know, Daryl Williams, he finished just running back 19 in fantasy football last year. Running back 19, ran five for 500 yards only. That's it. He was ahead of your precious Melvin Gordon and Devin Singletary. You know, it was ahead of Dar- David Montgomery for crying out loud. A.J. Dillon, Gaskin, and Mitchell. Yeah, surprising. But that spot, so Isaiah, Pitch, Isaiah Pacheco, name to know. Good, true three-down guy. Um, Ty Chandler in Minnesota. You've heard me talk about this guy several times. Dalvin, here's the reason. Dalvin Cook never, ever stays healthy for a full season. We know that. It's fine. Now, he does play 13, 14 games. So it's not like he's out. He's not Mike Trout in fantasy baseball for crying out loud, but here's the deal. The Vikings are changing their running system. They're no longer going to be the outside zone system that they've run with Rick Dennison and the Kubiak father and son over the last few years. It's a new regime with Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, Alexander Madison, the backup to cook has never legitimate in his entire life. Okay, high school, Boise State, Minnesota has never ran in a power or gap rushing system, which is what the the Vikings are going to do. Now, Vikings will have some zone runs. They are, you know, it's it's the new age with O'Connell and company. It's, uh, oh, we're going to do everything. Everybody does everything. Oh, it's all fun. But they're moving their system. And Alexander Madison is a free agent after this year. So Cook got that contract. Madison, it's not the old regime. I do not have Alexander Madison locked in as the true handcuff. A lot of folks want to think it's still 2021. Think Madison's locked in as the handcuff to Dalvin Cook. No, he's not. Absolutely not. Kenny Naguanu is explosive. Second-year guy. We saw him return kicks last year. He got some time in the backfield as well. Very exciting player, right? And one of those, those players that in the open field can just, he, he can break tackles. A breakaway runner is the best way to describe Naguana. So that's an exciting player. But then so is Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler, for those who don't know, out of no, another guy out of North Carolina uh, transferred in because he saw an opportunity, which is very smart of him, by the way. He was uh, at Tennessee before that. Tennessee's offense, for those who follow college football, they will not, they just would not commit to a player in the backfield. So when Michael Carter and Javante Williams left, 
Chandler moved to North Carolina and uh, boom was second team, all ACC ran for a thousand yards, 13 touchdowns. He caught 15 passes um, in 13 games as well. They're added a couple hundred more yards and in receiving three down guy and a, what they would call a high motor runner. Okay. And just, he doesn't have the initial burst that some running backs do have, but he gets, he doesn't, it's not a long strider either. It doesn't take him long Four three eight forty 40 yard dash. All right. That's impressive right there, but he gets going in that mid, that second tier of the defense. He gets going and boom, it it's, hits another level outruns speedy linebackers. And he's got great hands too, which is a necessity in this offense. You know, they're talking about Dalvin cook playing more wide receiver and all that. Great. If something happens to him, it could be Ty Chandler. Now, my thought is I think Madison is on his way out here. They know he's a free agent. They don't give a shit about him in this coaching regime. So Naguano and Chandler are two guys to just keep your eye on. If you're in super deep leagues, I'm all about grabbing an opportunity with Ty Chandler. Okay. I, I think there's real possibility there. Um, some other one, if you want a, uh, here's a running back that is just so buried that he's not going to get a chance, but I have to talk about it just because I uncovered it in my research. Darrington Evans, Darrington Evans is now on the Chicago bears. You may know him from well, Appalachian state. You may know him from Tennessee Titans the last couple of years. He could not stay healthy like this. And he's got a real problem with staying healthy. And that's, you know, ultimately led to you know, him being released uh, out of Tennessee, which is totally understandable. But the thing about Evans and where my notes were on him going into the draft in 2020 is that he's an exceptional zone runner. Real good. The bears are moving to an outside zone running scheme, which is they Eberflus and new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, they are going into heavy RPO, outside zone running. Think uh, um, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Getsy was with Shanahan back in the uh, Washington days, way back. Okay, and the one year at Mississippi State, Getsy ran you know heavy, heavy uh, outside zone as well. And that's it's also why the Bears didn't draft any high end, use any high picks for offensive linemen. If you noticed. They picked all fifth, sixth, seventh round offensive line. And I thought it was fucked up at the time. I still don't like it, but they did get their type of blockers. They are trying to install the same running game that has been in, you know, what was 49ers. Think of the Broncos for all those years under Mike Shanahan. Think about, um, um, Gary Kubiak. Think of Minnesota. Right. And think of uh, Minnesota in what, um, you know, the Vikings did and what happened for the uh, uh, Dalvin Cook's career. Okay. So it's a, you know, a, a pretty significant difference in scheme. Good thing is for David Montgomery, it fits Montgomery. Montgomery ran the fifth most zone runs anyway and averaged over four and a half yards of carry. Meanwhile, he averaged barely over three on power runs. So um, something to obviously know and be aware of. 
but it's uh, you know, a different scheme and Darrington Evans. Now the problem is he's buried. He's got Montgomery. Who's a workhorse back Khalil Herbert, who showed extraordinarily well last year is also they're clearly ahead of him. I think they drafted Tristan Ebner too, but I don't, I don't think it's going to make any kind of difference there out of Baylor. Um, he is his own gap runner, so he fits the offense. But I think Evans has a chance to stick. Just a name to know in deep, deep leagues. Okay. Um, Tyreon Davis, price of the 49ers. Uh, he's not even a deep league stash anymore. Everybody knows about him. Third round pick. Yeah, they wasted a third round pick on Sermon. There's how, Would they really do that again? I think Tyreon Davis price has a serious threat is a serious threat to Elijah Mitchell. That's why I have Mitchell as a low end RB two. I love the system. I love Shanahan backs. Love it. Love it. I like Eli Mitchell a lot, but Terry TDP as I call him is for real. Great. Another outside zone scheme fits perfectly. A lot of draft capital. And after wasting one last year, it would be astounding for them to waste another one. So TDP must be drafted. That's that he's a second round draft pick. If he's available in the third round of any of your dynasty draft, you pick him immediately. I don't care who oh, running back. I don't care. Pick him immediately. Let's talk wide receiver. Shall we? Um, the wide receiver position. Now this is an opportunity. I've got some rookies here for you. Some deeper stashes. Um, but I've also have, some second and even third year players, right? Third year players or wide receiver, second, third year players that people are forgetting about that graduate. Now I'm an old soul. I've been around a long time. It used to be, it used to take wide receivers three years to develop. You wouldn't even think about a rookie receiver and second year was random too. Okay. But, now the progression, now you see Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, all these guys break out early. Fine. That's not for everybody. Everybody doesn't break out at the same timeline either. You know, it, it's, it took Stefan Diggs a while. It took Adam Thielen a while. It took, um, you know, Tyreek a couple of years. It, it takes these players longer than normal to have their big breakout seasons. Deontay Johnson held back and, Antonio Brown days and you know, it just the list goes on and on and on couple of deeper sleepers at wide receiver for you. Um, okay. Let me, let me, I have a long list here. Tyquan Thornton in new England. The problem is I don't trust Mac Jones, but Thornton it's very surprising. His size and speed are off the fucking charts. We're talking four, three at six, six, two, one ninety flying at four, three speed, that kind of speed downfield ability problem is Baylor, no route tree at all. And Bill Belichick does not draft college program players from programs like that, that can't run the route. tree. It's very shocking, but he must believe that he can teach him. And he's a teachable athlete because he's not coming in with anything, but Thornton, if he can learn the, the skills are there. I mean, high, high-end skill, first-round receiver skills, right, with uh, Tyquan Thornton, but it's going to be tough. The good news there is Parker can never stay healthy, and there's not another Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. There's not another threat 
in there. He could be the number one this year. So, and he's going super duper late. Um, other rookies that I have, I, uh, Romeo Dubs in Green Bay. You look for, you want Aaron Rodgers to find somebody with the same skills and body type as Devontae Adams, meaning a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker, not necessarily a speed guy, which Romeo Dubs isn't, but great hands and great route, route running ability. And Dubs has that in spades. One of the leading pass catchers at Nevada and in, in college football last year while at Nevada. Um, and really fits the Devonte Adams type. Okay. Now will Aaron Rodgers trust a rookie. It's doubtful. I don't see him doing it. So, but Christian Watson replaced Christian Watson does not replace Adams. He replaces Marquez Valdez Scantling. And, and he's a rookie who could take a year to develop as well. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb's old Watkins has never helped. I mean, it's a crowded receiver room, but don't underestimate Romeo Dubs, the fourth runner out of Nevada. It really does. I think he goes ahead of Amari Rogers. I think he's going to be, you know, more, he will outperform Amari Rogers, a third rounder from a year ago. This was a deep receiver class and Dubs got just sort of swept under the rug, but he landed at a good spot. So this is vintage green Bay if they can get a fourth rounder to pop and, and get that kind of kinship with Aaron Rodgers, I am pretty sure it's going to take at least a year for that to happen, but something definitely to consider. Um, Khalil Shakir, another guy or shocker in, uh, in Buffalo fifth round pick that is uh, out of Boise state, another Boise state guy that doesn't have exceptional size or speed or anything, but really, really good hands. And the best thing about Shakir is that he is a fast learner. He's a football rat, loves the game, max effort guy, if you will, right? He's one of those players, coaches love him, quarterbacks love him, not afraid to do any of the little things whatsoever. And he just max performance all of the time, right? And that's a great thing to have. It's something they don't have a second wide receiver with Beasley being gone. I think Sakir could move in and be that Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis is exciting. And there's no doubt we all last time we saw Gabe Davis is catching three touchdowns against the Chiefs AFC divisional round. Fantastic. So that's understandable. And I'm good with the excitement around Gabe Davis. But Shakir is, he's that safety net. He's that underneath guy. He will catch everything. He will take hits over the middle. Again, it's very Cole Beasley-esque. And Beasley's been productive in this Bills offense each of the last couple of years. So um, th- that's a player you have to know, right? Um, and you really have to. That's going to be a more of a project. He'll work one of those players that work into a role. I don't want to compare him. I think he's high, a better skill than Hunter Renfro. I do. I think he's better skilled, but he's that type of player that just doesn't stop working and finds his way into production. So those are the rookies that I like the other, you know, from receiver standpoint, I think there's incredible value in now you, depending on your league. Some leagues allow you to draft free agents. You could, you know, if they're a free agent, it doesn't have to be a rookie. It's not a rookie only draft. Some leagues are like that, but most of these, most of these players, you have to go out and make a trade or if you're allowed roster moves at this point, 
a good deal of them are free agents. And I'll start with the most obvious, the guy that everybody knows that I love, and that's Terrace Marshall of Carolina. I despise the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. I don't like Sam Darnold. I don't like Matt Corral very much. Just don't like him. But Marshall is a guy we cannot forget that what he did at LSU with Joe Burrow, with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, he was stealing production from those guys. He made huge plays for that team. All right. It was very, very, um, very, very good at LSU. And he's a polished athlete. He's a polished receiver. He had looks the part. He was dynamic last year in the preseason and, you know, measure is over six, two. Okay. Long arms, big hands, four, four speed. <laughs> I mean, this guy it's salivation. When you see what these other LSU guys does, he could be a shred of that and have immense fantasy potential. I am sure he performs better than Robbie Anderson this year. All right. Even with shitty quarterback play, get, your hands on Terrace Marshall. Please trust me on this one. This one stamp of approval all fucking day long. All right. So uh, there you go. The other one that I really like um, is Josh Palmer in LA with the chargers. I love Josh Palmer. Another sort of forgotten guy at the wide receiver position where you get Mike Williams resign and Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen starting to get up there a little bit. Starting to get up there and climb. You know how much I like Herbert. You know how much we like that division and everything. Guyton, Jaylen, I don't think Jalen Guyton's going to be the starter anymore in three wide receiver sets. I think Palmer easily passes him up. You saw it when um, Keenan Allen was out last year. You saw Josh Palmer be the guy that stepped in and had you know big games or yeah, I think two games and two or three games that was big for them. Uh, five for 66 and the touchdown against the giants. Uh, and then, yeah, another, he started another game five for 43 and a touchdown against the Houston Texans scored a touchdown against the Raiders. So he finished the season three out of five games with a touchdown pretty solid. And Allen played in several of those games. So even with him, he's going to move ahead of Guyton. He'll be on the field a lot. And should be drafted in redraft leagues, I believe, but in dynasty leagues right now, before training camp starts and you, everyone come mid August, Palmer would have, will have officially graduated. We'll see how good he's doing. There'll be announcements that he's past Guyton so on and so forth. So that by then the window to get him on the super cheap is gone, but right now it's open and you got to go through that open window for Josh Palmer. So that's a guy. One other player in that same spirit is Devin DuVernay. I love Devin DuVernay. The world is excited about Rashad Bateman. I like Bateman a great deal. I truly, truly do. But when you're talking about who's going to replace Marquise Hollywood Brown, Devin DuVernay, guy who led all NCAA football two years ago, while at the University of Texas in receptions, he is a an immense over the middle slot type wide receiver. The Ravens will not have nearly. You're not going to get 140 targets out of 
either Bateman or Duvernay. So you can't think, oh, there's 140 vacated targets. It's not really. It's a guy who had 47 targets, caught 33 of those passes, by the way, um, last year of the 47. That's from most of those were from Tyler Huntley. Yikes. Caught two touchdowns as well. He's had kickoff returns. He's electric in the open field. Third round pick a couple of years ago. I believe Duvernay has a chance to outperform Rashad Bateman. And if he doesn't outperform him, he's going to be damn close. So again, he's also cousins with Kyler Murray. That means anything to you. He's good bloodlines, I guess. The, The skills and the athletic abilities there. And he's only 24 years old. So Duvernay of Baltimore Ravens, another guy to get. Um, boy, I love Michael Strahan. S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N out of Charleston. You remember last year, if you listen to any of my stuff, I talked him up all last offseason. It's fascinating about Strahan. His rookie, he's seventh round pick. He wasn't supposed to be drafted, but, you know, I did my scouting. Your boys got your back, baby. I got your back and came in there and told you about him. He was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Talked him up in the preseason. He had a magical preseason. And then he caught the very first pass of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. First fucking pass of the season from Carson Wentz. Boom. It's Michael Strahan. And I'm thinking, here we go. You know, this is on. It's fantastic. No, it didn't. It didn't happen. Caught total of two passes, 26 yards. <laughs> didn't catch another pass basically the rest of the season. Um, so, but he's huge. 6'5", 225, runs a 4'340", 41-inch vertical. Absolute Adonis of an athlete. He has good hands, can catch the ball. He won a spot on the field to start week one for the Colts last year with Paris Campbell, with Michael Pittman, with T.Y. Hill. Think about that. And, yeah, fell back, fell out of favor, whatever reasons it was. You know, I've kept it in front of him all offseason, and, you know, there was some, well, practice things, and I'm sure being a small school where he could dominate at Division Two or the FCS level that, He isn't used to being a pro and practicing all the time. And this could go either way. That could be a problem can keep him and his career completely out. But my God, that kind of athletic ability mixed in with the opportunity in front of him and an offense that's starving for producers at the wide receiver position, especially outside of Michael Pittman, where you got Campbell and then you got Alex Pierce. Strawn, when you look at Mike, Mike Strawn, you go to a training camp and just watch him versus Pierce or him versus Campbell, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy is Terrell fucking Owens, right? That's what he's Randy Moss-type talent. So he just needs to put it all together and do it for more than training camp, do it during practices week in and week out, which is what befalled him last year. But you have to know the name. You have to be aware of him. He has a path to some real success and production this year. Uh, and then God forbid anything happened to Michael Pittman. I mean, there you go. That's, that's a guy who could walk in to massive production. Other players to at least be aware of at the wide receiver spot, 
deeper dynasty dives for you. Um, James Washington and Dallas. Dallas doesn't have a lot of receivers left. No Amari Cooper. No Michael Gallup still hurt. Cedric Wilson's gone. Like, mm. you might even see Dallas or uh, um, uh, Dalton Schultz be holding out if they don't get that contract situation finally. So all you have is CD Lamb. That's great for CD Lamb and all, but James Washington, everything James Amari Cooper did, James Washington could do. Actually, that, that's not true. That's not true. What Michael Gallup did is what James Washington can do. He is a Michael Gallup replacement. And while Michael Gallup moves up and supposedly could be more of a Amari Cooper type, which again, I don't know that for Michael Gallup, to be honest with you. I'm somewhat bullish on Gallup just because of the opportunity, but James Washington has fallen there. He had a real good OTA has been talked up there. Byron Pringle, the Chicago Bears. Oh, fuck. The Bears just drive me nuts. This team is a disaster, but somebody's got to catch the ball. A lot of RPO, and he's going to start. He pretty much walks in. Darnell Mooney, <laughs> the numbers are good, but he's not a pet. He's Mooney doesn't fit this offense. He just does not fit. West Coast, RPO-based. Oh, boy. Not a great fit. Pringle fits a little bit better. He's multidimensional. It could be a first down, frequent first down target for Justin Fields. So Byron Pringle, uh, another name you can buy in the cheap. Auden Tate of Atlanta. Buy it. Definitely get Auden Tate. Him and Drake, look at those three that they're going to run out. Drake London. You're going to run out Kyle Pitts and Auden Tate. How are you going to get your defensive backs to match up against those behemoths? Every one of them, six, two and above. Six, three and above. How? I mean, that, good luck. Though That's some good targets. All Mariota has to do is throw it up, which is what he does best. Not a precision type passer, but definitely good with the jump balls. So Auden Tate in Atlanta, another name to know. Uh, real quick, breeze through the tight end spot. Uh, tight end, it's hard. You try to get somebody that can make a lasting impact, and you either have a stud like, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard, Pitts, of course, or you don't, or you're flailing away with David Njoku's and that. Um, Evan Ingram, I love in Jacksonville, although, you know, Dynasty Leaguers, he's going to be on somebody's team. OJ Howard, if somebody cut him behind Dawson Knox, you know, OJ Howard might be the, I talked about Shakir um, from Buffalo, OJ Howard could end up being more of the split, you know, split out um, slot wide receiver for that Buffalo Bills offense. So I'll, I'd be willing to buy in on him if he was indeed uh, let go. The guy I really like is, is um, J- uh, Jelani Woods from the Indianapolis Colts. Like I just love him so much. We know that. Jack Doyle has retired, so he's out. Mo Alley-Cox. Mo Alley-Cox is never healthy. Never, ever healthy. And they drafted Woods in the third round out of Virginia. This dude's a behemoth. 6'7". He's got 4'6 speed. Gets behind that, the, those linebackers. He's got the big frame, so Matt Ryan could throw it up to him right in front of the safeties. And then is the power 
after the catch to run through the safety. So I love Jelani Woods. And he's another guy who's been there around four and above quite frequently in every draft that I do. I talked about Dalton Schultz and that holdout could lead to a Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Now, Ferguson, true in-line tight end, but can catch the football as well, and he's got nothing stopping it. There's nothing else. It's Dalton Schultz, and if he holds out, Jake Ferguson would be the guy. Cole Turner, don't forget Logan Thomas coming back from a a torn ACL, and Cole Turner, fifth-round pick at tight end for the Washington Commanders out of Nevada. Um, you know, another played with Romeo dubs, good pass catcher, elite hands for Cole Turner and a six, six frame fifth round pick. This guy can, I, I think he plays ahead of John Bates when Logan Thomas is out. We know how much that Ron Rivera and Scott Turner utilize the tight end. It's a check down in this offense and Carson Wentz loves throwing those tight ends as well. So another one that can make an impact for you out there as well. Also, the second is not going to ma- matter at all. I, I don't think it matters really at all. But you got to look at what the Baltimore Ravens did. Uh, Baltimore Ravens drafted two tight ends, despite having you know the number one tight end in the world in Mark Andrews. Now Andrews doesn't have an out in his contract until 2023 though. He's a minimal cap hit this year, $9 million. It goes up to 13 and a half million dollars in 2023. I like Isaiah likely. I had him as a top three tight end into this draft. And for some odd reason, you know, he fell and he fell to the fourth round where that he, the, Ravens took both Charlie Kohler and Isaiah likely likely is much more likely eh, get it. He's a pass catcher and true route runner and pass catcher. Not really a good inline guy, a little light only he doesn't have the monster height, but he, uh, you know, six, seven, six, five, he's six, three and change uh, is Isaiah likely, but he's built like a big wide receiver. And I like it a lot. I think he, can be he could be that second tight end for the Ravens. They play a lot of two tight end sets and elite level pass catcher. And you know, you if you're if this offense remains and they make a big commitment to Lamar Jackson, you're not going to change that check down to tight end. It's going to be a huge spot for years to come, and they will have to pay other spots on the field. And that's not going to be Mark Andrews. Uh, they wouldn't have drafted two tight ends if Mark Andrews was long for this team. You know, they'll pay him definitely this year, obviously, probably next year. But again, more of a long-term play with Isaiah likely. So there you go. Um, Where are we at? All right. I think we're good here. Uh, I gave you a lot of players, a lot of breakdowns. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the analysis. Um, Tried to get through as many players. We have much more long-form analysis written out there in our draft guide exclusively at fantasyguru.com. So get over there. Check it out. Remember, the all-in package is available to you. Uh, you know, it's 99 bucks, real expensive, but you get the ticket, the, the golden ticket, fantasy football training camp. It, we're going to have a poker game with the staff, so you get to hang out with it. It's not just us barking at you. We're going to hang out, you know, and play some cards and have prizes and things to win, and then you get to compete in the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship, which is a tremendous event as well. So, And all the data – 
the off-season package, Elite Plus with our podcasts and our live streams. You get everything all year long, so you never have to worry again about what you do and don't get. It's one package. It's right there, fantasyguru.com. Remember, underdogfantasy.com with the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E. See when I'm drafting next, my best ball championship. I'm going to win that $2 million, baby. Two mil in my pocket, unless you win it first. The only way to do that is get over there to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code elite and it doubles your initial investment there as well. So get over there and check that out. Remember to follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's going to do it for episode 114 of One Man's Opinion. Do appreciate you guys spreading the word. Get out there, tell a friend, mention it, retweet the podcast, leave some comments. I could really use some comments on iTunes and Stitcher and all the places, Google Play, wherever you find your favorite podcast, wherever you're getting this podcast. Love the commentary. If you got suggestions for me or different players, teams, strategies that you want me to hit, folks this is your show more than anything else that's going to do it for this episode remember you may agree or disagree with everything you heard on the program today or just some of it hopefully a little bit of it but either way it's perfectly all right you know why because it was just one man's opinion see you next time everybody Deuces.